This episode of Fusion and Hockey Podcast is sponsored by Sanborn's Boys. This new sports novel by Benji Mellers is available on Amazon. Order your copy of Sanborn's Boys today. So before we get into the big piece of news this week, there was another piece of hockey news um, concerning the NWHL and specifically the new expansion NWHL team in Toronto. A few days ago, they revealed that their team name and logo um, they're called the Toronto Six, and I can already hear Tyson chuckling about it. Uh, so I think he has something to say. Yeah, man. What the? <laughs> I mean, this is this is just wild. Uh, you know, no matter what, like, uh, just just what the heck? I mean, look, this is one way to get attention for your expansion team, uh, and it's naming your team with a number. I just I don't even understand. Um, whose idea this was? Okay, I understand. Like, okay, right, Toronto is the six, and you're like kind of paying homage to Drake. Sure, but like, <laughs> look, man, the Toronto six. Uh, that's that's one hell of a name. If you look at their logo, I'm not too sure what it's supposed to be. Um, it's a six with a maple leaf in the middle, a golden maple leaf in the in this hole of the six, and then it's, it seems to be a horizontal bar on the top. Maybe they're trying to make like a T.O., um, but I don't, I'm not too sure. This is a bit much. And uh, yeah, you just reminded me of this right before the show got on. And I still, <laughs> I mean, it's fucking hilarious uh, to have, you, you know, you just, they just took a number and put it as the name. Yeah, so I think where the six comes from, I, I'm not too uh, brushed up on my Drake knowledge, but I think he had some sort of song where he referred to Toronto as the six because the area code is the 416. So he took the last number from that. I think that's the story. And uh, in terms of the logo, I think a lot of people are talking about it bears a lot of resemblance to the NHL 75th anniversary logo from however many years ago. And also, I thought that it, the at least, I don't know if the logo design, but at least the colors, the color scheme looked a lot like the current Ottawa Senators one. Yeah, I don't know. It looks like uh, the, the branding team there took a little bit of inspiration and, uh, you know, took the, it really does look like you can, if you look at the logo, you can actually see the 75, right? You can actually draw out a 75 uh, within the the, the, the the logo. And then, uh, yeah, you got the same color scheme as the Sens. And, uh, <laughs> I mean, the whole thing is kind of a bit, a bit absurd uh, to announce this in the middle of quarantine. And then, you know, it's just, oh, it's just I'm looking at the announcement, the, the press release, and just they have a big banner. It says Toronto 6. And it's just, it's kind of, it's kind of hilarious. I'm not going to lie. Uh, and uh, yeah, the Toronto Six. I mean, look, typically I'm against all Toronto teams. But given the fact that there, are no, there isn't a Montreal NWHL team, uh, I don't know. I think I might have to, to pledge my allegiance to this new expansion team, uh, just <laughs> given, given its name. I don't know. It just, it, it just feels like the right thing at this point. Yeah. Uh, also, I think one other aspect of the name was uh, actually two other aspects, um, is that they're the sixth team now in the NWHL. So that's one thing. And the other one is that you have six players on the ice at a time, assuming you're not killing a penalty. So the, this le- this logo, uh, sorry, this name maybe is a little bit deeper than it appears at first glance. So it is working on a few levels. But uh, I've actually, even before this name was released, I've said many times that in every sport, I'm not a fan of number names for teams like the 76ers the 67s the 49ers they're all i know those are all named after years where big events happen so it's a little bit different but i've just i've never been a fan of them 
Yeah, but at least those those numbers, you know, there's some sort of complexity given that, you know, they're all double-digit numbers, right? 49, 76, all that. Uh, to have, I don't know if we have ever seen just a single digit as a team name. Um, and that's part of what makes this so funny. It's just, you know, it's one thing to be the 76ers or the 49ers. Uh, you know, you got something to go off of. It's a nice long one. The fucking, there's, there's no decorating it either. It's not, they're not the Sixers. They're just the Toronto Six. They stopped at the number. Uh, they didn't add the errs. Uh, so, you know, I mean, yeah, sure. They're, they're, maybe they're a bit like that in, in just terms of, you know, being named after number, but they're, this is a pretty special number name, not gonna lie. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I mean, we don't see any team naming themselves the ones or the twos or the threes or anything like that. Uh, so yeah, good for them. Actually, I was we're, just we're about to say, some, yeah, when a few, in a few years, if Montreal expands into the NWHL, uh, I really hope they named their team the Montreal one. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, you'd have yourselves a whole new marketing thing there. Uh, in that case, if they really do name themselves the Montreal one, or actually it would probably mean the Montreal er. Uh, I would, I, hell yeah, I would change my, I would change my allegiance on the spot again. Uh, I, I have no qualms about, I have no qualms about jumping this bandwagon. Uh, and if Montreal does get a team and have a fantastic name like that, I mean, at this point, we're, we're into some completely uncharted territory, uh, when it comes to naming it seems for the NWHL and frankly, good for them. It's a solid marketing bit. And look at that, look at us. We're talking about it. if they picked a boring name, like, I don't know, the Toronto Tigers, uh, I don't even think they would get a shout out on this podcast. So good for them. And uh, we're having a good laugh. And uh, yeah, looking forward to see if they can, you know, Toronto Six. See if they can, I don't yeah. know, I guess live up to the name or something. Yeah. Montreal is probably next in line to get an NWHL team, as far as I've heard. So uh, yeah, so I'm not going to be rooting for the Toronto Six. Sorry, Toronto Six. I'm sure you'll be fine. But I- I'm holding out for this Montreal team. And maybe instead of the Montreal One, it would be more, I don't know, more poignant if it were Montreal Number One. So I don't know. Just we are the the best. Like kind of like L.A. Kings. <laughs> yeah, they just 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 flex it on everybody with your name. Um, the Montreal it, best. It just... A couple years ago, <laughs> I named my fantasy hockey team the best, and I ended up uh, as the runner up. So it kind of it didn't work out in the end, but I got pretty far. <laughs> Damn. I I guess I guess one way is to really try to speak it into existence, right? Yeah. Um, but but I don't know if you coming in as an expansion team. That's pretty audacious. Uh, especially since, you know, expansion teams don't typically do so well. And so if you're a basement dweller for half a decade and your name is Le Montréal Meilleur, uh, I, I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's such a good look, but Hey, look, if they really do go down that route, uh, I'm all for it. Yeah. Unlikely, unlikely either way. All right. Uh, I think it's ready to jump into the, the big piece of NHL news this week, which is that the 24 team, not, not 2014, the 24 team playoff format has that we have been talking about for the past little while has more or less been confirmed, I guess, as the NHL's format that they'll use if they do return to play, which is looking more and more likely as the weeks go by. And so this would actually, as we've mentioned, include Montreal in the mix to play against the Pittsburgh Penguins in a play-in series. And everyone is upset about this because Montreal was no way going to make the playoffs if the season had continued as normal. But well, the thing that is annoying me is that as Canadians fans, we should be happy about this and we should be celebrating that we're getting this chance to be in the playoffs that we don't deserve. But instead, I'm seeing lots of Habs fans complaining for some reason 
that they're getting in without deserving it. And I just, I don't understand. And I don't like that. I feel like we should be rubbing it in that we're getting into the playoffs or have this chance at getting into the playoffs that we wouldn't have otherwise gotten. Absolutely. I mean, first of all, I think the situation is absolutely hilarious. Uh, the Habs are not a playoff team in the slightest. I think, what is it? They won 19 regulation games uh, over the course of... I didn't of realize it was that few. Yeah, they're so bad. They weren't Crazy. able to win any games this season. And to actually have them in a playoff series or whatever the NHL wants to call it, I think they want to call it a play-in series. Uh, and then the 16 teams from there on will be playoffs. But yeah, the Habs, the Montreal Canadiens, having won 19 regulation games. Looks like, like we've talked about this for the last how many weeks? Um, just, just you know, we're, we're, it's kind of been a, a, a jokey proposal uh, having the Habs in the playoffs. But it looked like it's actually happening. I never thought, you know, with all the talk, I never actually thought that that, would, that was the direction in which we were going. I thought they would find maybe, you know, a way to cut it off that was cleaner uh, with, you know, just not having the Habs in there. But, hey, I'm not complaining. You know, all those people that you mentioned that are complaining about this, why the hell would you do that? I don't understand. Just take the opportunity and relish it. Because, fuck, we haven't made the comp- the, the playoffs in, in three years. And so uh, I will take every opportunity I can get. Even if it means getting swept by Pittsburgh in three games, I will relish those three games. Because, yeah, that's right. They Even Shea Weber said so, right? The Habs don't fucking deserve to be in the playoffs. But, you know, I look, it's the playoffs. Yeah. They're in it. I mean, I mean, what? We're going to complain about it now? Uh, no fucking way. And, uh, yeah, you know what? If it... If it, if it means they're not in the lottery, that's a bit of a downside. But fuck, it's the playoffs, baby, and I'm, I'm all for it. Full go. Yeah, the one thing... Okay, so I can understand, obviously, fans of other teams being upset that Montreal and Chicago are in. Because when you look at all these play-ins, you have Toronto versus Columbus, okay? Islanders versus Florida. Carolina versus New York. Rangers. Pittsburgh versus Montreal. Then in the West, Calgary versus Winnipeg. Vancouver, Minnesota. Nashville, Arizona. And Edmonton, Chicago. Basically, all of these play-ins it's kind of like yeah all right both of those teams kind of were on the bubble both of those teams kind of had a shot to be in except for Pittsburgh Montreal where Montreal was definitely not going to make it and Pittsburgh was basically a lock and same thing in the west Edmonton was basically a lock and Chicago had basically no shot so as I said last week I think 22 probably would have been a much more fair number to get in assuming uh not assuming taking into consideration both the team that would have gotten the buy instead, Edmonton or Pittsburgh, and the team that was going to be knocked out, but they didn't. They didn't go with it. So, so I guess we're gonna to have to live with it. Yeah, seriously, I don't understand why. Well, actually, I do understand why they didn't go twenty-two. The, the reason why is you you get in Montreal, you get in Chicago, you get into those big markets, right? We talked about this last week. That's what the NHL wants. They, they've lost a ton of money, and they want to try to make as much as they can. So, I guess twenty-four is the way to go. Uh, Frankly, yeah, if I was one of those teams, if I was a Pittsburgh fan right now, I would not be happy. Uh, are you kidding me if I was an Edmonton fan? Uh, I know how rabid they get out there, out, out west there. Uh, yeah, I'd be rabid. You know, if I, if the Habs were the fifth team in the Eastern Conference, I would be speaking a very different tone when it comes to this format right now. But the fact of the matter is, they're not. They're, they're fucking they're the 12th team. And uh, yes, full, like, I mean, look. Yeah, it, it, you, you put out the 22-team scenario, it makes so much more sense. And, you know, then you have a bunch of teams that they were all in the bubble, but this time, but I guess not. They just, they're just just the way it is. The NHL wants to get into those big markets. And, uh, yeah, I'm sure it's hell not complaining. Uh, one thing that I saw a lot, uh, and it seemed like it wasn't just, like, the fans on Twitter, 
or even like the the league and the players made a big deal out of this and I thought it was actually hilarious was you know they first of all the first proposal was that the play in they wanted it to be three games so like a best of three game a best of three series so you just have to win two games but apparently a lot of you know players were against that based on game changers and the one that kept coming up was Montreal's very own Carrie Price. Fucking a! I mean, I cannot believe. Like, I don't, I don't understand what it is with the players. Uh, and they're the thing with Carrie Price. They think he's absolutely unbeatable. I mean, it makes me wonder if they've been paying attention the last three years. Uh, who have they been shooting against? I mean, look, this guy hasn't played great in three years. I've railed about Carrie Price and how you know he's overworked and all that. And 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 you know, we saw in the player poll earlier this year. He was, I think, he was the best goalie, right, with a pretty by pretty considerable by margin. Yeah. Okay. And like, yeah. And it's just all this talk about like Carey Price. He's gonna steal the series. Look out for Montreal. I mean, I really don't think it's like that big of a deal, given that he really hasn't played that well in the last I don't know how many years, three years. Yeah, I really hate to break it to everyone, but Carey Price is probably at best a a slightly above average starting goalie in the NHL. He is not the best anymore. Uh, I mean, maybe he could play as the best. He's not washed up or anything. But he, if I had the choice from every goalie in the league to play for my team, Carey Price is probably not the guy I'm picking. And I just think it's hilarious because I, this is another example of like the players kind of being a few years behind in terms of their evaluation. Because, you know, Carey Price won a gold medal for Team Canada at the Olympics, which gets him like a million bonus points in all the, the books for these players, especially Canadian players. And then, of course, the next season, he had that that historically good Hart Trophy Vesna season. But that was five years ago. And sorry, it's just it's, it's not like that anymore. So I think it's hilarious that like, here, think of it this way, Pittsburgh. If you... If, I mean, sorry, if Montreal has Carey Price and he's some sort of godly goalie that can't be beaten and Montreal is the eighth worst team in the NHL, just think about how terrible the rest of them must be. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, it's, it's just completely absurd. Uh, and frankly, I mean, like, if we're speaking honestly, if we're talking about projections, uh, maybe, like, uh, for Montreal-Pittsburgh, I mean, I'm giving the series to Pittsburgh, right? Like, like it's not even close at this point. Yes. The quality of teams is just is just so far apart. Uh, and and as I've said multiple times at this point, Montreal is not a playoff team. Pittsburgh was supposed to be a lot. I guess hockey, you know, like whatever bounces. It's oh, we've you know we've seen the statistics. A lot of it is up to luck. But uh, I mean, I think the quality of play, uh, quality of you know, just the caliber of these teams are just a whole fucking mile apart. And Carey Price is not going to bridge that gap. And even if he returns to form, even if he does become the best goalie in the world, some by some voodoo magic over the course of these three games, I mean, frankly, I don't put much faith in this, you know, this Canadian's forward and defense, like just the skaters group to actually beat the Penguins because the Penguins are so strong up front. Yeah. Uh, so I've actually, I'm, I'm thinking about this a little bit. Uh, so if this, if they do end up coming back, uh, looking at maybe what the Canadian's lineup would look like, because to be totally honest, after trading Kovalchuk, and Thompson and Nick Cousins at the trade deadline. Then they had guys like, you know, Dale Weiss, Jake Evans in the lineup, uh, and Kotkaniemi, Ryan Paling in the minors. So I was thinking maybe if they do come back, then maybe the lines would look something like Tatar, Daniel Gallagher. Doesn't it feel so good to talk about actual lineups again? And then maybe on the second, you have like Jonathan Drouin, who would hopefully be healthy again, alongside, I'm just kind of doing this off the top of my head, like Nick Suzuki and Yoel Armia. 
then you'd have Max Domi, I guess, centering the third line with Paul Byron and Arturi Lekkonen. And then maybe on the fourth line, you would have, you bring up like Ryan Paling, Esperi Kotkaniemi, and like either, I don't know, Jake Evans or Jordan Wheel. Yeah. I mean, that sounds like a solid forward group, right? But, uh, yeah, I mean, bad. that's the thing with Montreal. Yeah, it's not a bad forward group by no means, but it's just, it's not, it's not, uh, like, for example, we just off the top of my head, Pittsburgh quality, right? Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I look at the, the Montreal forward group. Yeah, it's a solid group, but it's, it really isn't. Uh, it really doesn't compare to a team like Pittsburgh or any of the teams that got to buy. Uh, and so, I mean, yeah, it's got its merits, but yeah, but but absolutely looking forward. Um, and and it'll be good because what we it's been like Montreal has been plagued by injuries, a bunch of injuries this season, and I think it'll be good to see you know what they're like when they're healthy. Obviously, you know they weren't great at the start of the season, so we saw. But like you know they've had like half a season to, or like basically a full season to gel, and I want to see, you know, now that they're fully healthy, Carey Price is rested for once, you know, is this, yeah, maybe, who knows, maybe maybe something will happen. Yeah, speaking of being uh, being rested from injury, Pittsburgh, uh, Jake Gensel was supposed to miss the rest of the season, and now he's probably going to be back, and I don't think he has been playing since the Penguins acquired Jason Zucker, so this might be the first time the Penguins put together a Sidney Crosby, Jake Gensel, Jason Zucker top line. I mean, I, I mean, that's fucking. How how are the Habs gonna shut that down, right? Uh, yeah, good luck. Yeah, it's just, yeah, good luck. I mean, Jake Gensel. Uh, yeah, I forgot about him. He really was out for the entire. I remember now. Uh, looking at fantasy, this guy was out the entire season. Uh, what kind of injury was it? Do you remember? I don't remember, but it was okay. A long well, run. anyways, it was a long term injury, and now this guy's back. Uh, so yeah, that that's that's the nice thing about returning to play is that we'll see a lot of these teams come back to full health. Uh, or, or pretty much very close to, uh, if they don't. And, yeah, we'll be seeing. I mean, I expect them to go pretty hard, given that it is the playoffs. Uh, and it looks like they're all just, you know, chomping at the bit to come back. And now that they're all fully healthy, it seems that they're rested. Uh, I mean, it's it's just one of those, it's kind of a dream scenario in terms of potentially player quality. Obviously, you know, we're, we're, we're worried about Russ because they haven't played in three weeks, but or three months. But... Who knows? You know, like this might be because when do we ever see this, right? Uh, the NHL season, it's so long. We, we see it off, you know, kind of a war of attrition because, you know, it's just who can, a lot of it is who can stay healthiest for the entirety of the regular season and especially the grind of the playoffs on top of that. Uh, and just to see potentially a playoffs in which we go right off the bat, it looks like almost everybody is helping the entire league. I mean, it's a pretty exciting proposition. Yeah, I'll, one other thing a lot of people have been talking about is the notion that whoever wins the Stanley Cup this year, well, there'll be like a bunch of asterisks attached and it won't really count. I just want to say that I disagree with that at, uh, totally because obviously it's going to be not like any other Stanley Cup we've ever had. But just because it's different doesn't mean that, that you know, it's not still a Stanley Cup and we shouldn't still, you know, treat it the same. So I, I just, I hope that once this is all done, if there's a Stanley Cup champion at the end, Everyone doesn't look back on this and just kind of skip over it and say it doesn't count. Yeah, and I don't think it will count. I don't think people will associate that asterisk. Obviously, everybody's saying it right now. But uh, who won the cup in 2013? Was it Chicago? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was. And, and, and that was the lockout shortened season, right? And frankly, when I look back at that, I don't associate an asterisk with that team. Do you? Uh, I don't, but I know some people that do. 
uh, who, well, I, I know a few people who say, oh, it doesn't, well, it's not quite as good as their other two Stanley Cups because, you know, if maybe it was an 82-game season, they would have, you know, gotten tired later on because they remember they started the season off super hot with like they didn't lose a regulation game to like 20 games in and they had the president's trophy basically locked up already so i mean i can kind of see where obviously if it were an 82 game season maybe they wouldn't have won who knows we can't know what would have happened but i mean i th- i think that, that i think it helps because chicago was obviously the best team in the nhl that year if a team like i don't know uh, some some random six seed had won the Stanley Cup that year. Maybe it wouldn't have carried as much weight. But on the other hand, the the year before, the eight seed LA Kings won the Stanley Cup. So I think no matter who would have won, we should look at it the same. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, look, you you, you the, the whole thing is right. You you just play with the cards that you're dealt. Uh, nobody's clamoring from this pandemic to start to, to to stop the whole season. Nobody's really gaining any sort of discernible advantage. Uh, and so I really don't think that. You know, any team is considered to be favored, except for maybe Montreal. If Montreal wins this Stanley Cup, maybe we yeah. can be, maybe then we can add the asterisk. But otherwise, I don't know if Tampa, Boston, or any of those Western teams, St. Louis, Colorado, if they win the Stanley Cup, I mean, five years down the road, 10 years, 15 years down the road, I mean, well, obviously we won't be forgetting the pandemic, but when talking about the 2020 Stanley Cup, I really don't think that people will be like, it wasn't a real Stanley Cup because. You know, the season was interrupted in the middle. First of all, we played most of the regular season already, right? Set almost 70 games for every single team. Uh, we know who the good teams are. Obviously, some of them, like Montreal and Chicago, are making them even though they don't deserve it. But odds are they're not going to win the Stanley Cup. And when, uh, when in all likelihood, a really good team does win the Stanley Cup, I, I, don't, think, I don't think there's really anything we can take away from that. Yeah. Uh, I want to read this tweet that uh, I sent to you. Uh, from Adam Gretz, this is the three potential outcomes of a Penguins-Canadians playing round. Number one, three Carey Price shutouts. Number two, Penguins blow the doors off Price and we all laugh at the suggestion they might be afraid of him. Number three, half the team gets sick in the three-week training camp and they never play. Yeah, I mean, that obviously encapsulated. Um, I wouldn't put so much stock in the first one of those three, you know, Carey Price shutting the door, but who knows? Who knows? Uh, and, and that also leads us to our, another good point when it comes to player safety. Uh, I don't think we've seen much in terms of the specific conditions, but I don't know. What, what do you think in terms of testing, in terms of what do they do uh, if a player does test positive? Do they cancel the team? Uh, do they cancel the season? Do they stop the playoffs for, I don't know, two weeks to quarantine everybody? What do you think, is, uh, what do you think the correct way to go is? Well, I'm not going to pretend to be a medical expert, but from the information that I've gathered, I feel as though if a player tests positive, either during the training camp or during the tournament, then the smart thing to do would probably be to just just cancel the season and say, oh, we tried, it didn't work out, everyone should go home and be safe and get tested or whatever. But for some, for whatever reason, it sounds like they're saying that uh, a, a player getting t- testing positive doesn't mean that canceling is a foregone conclusion. That just seems like a total disaster waiting to happen. Yeah, I don't know what it is. I, I know the NBA has said the exact same thing. Uh, if a player gets, uh, you know, gets diagnosed positive with COVID, then they go into quarantine. But it looks like the league will continue uh, with its play. And if, by all accounts, it looks like the NHL is just basically copying the NBA when it comes to its approach. Uh, with stopping and then restarting, and so you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if that's the approach. And I don't, I agree with you 100. I don't think that's the right approach at all. 
um, for a multitude of reasons. Obviously, the first one, when it comes to actual player safety, the health of these players, it's not smart to continue playing if one guy has it. We've seen how contagious this, this disease is. Um, and, you know, you know how locker rooms are. You can put in all the social distancing measures that you want. But the fact is, hockey is a physical sport. You have, you know, bodily fluids flying all over the place, spit, spit sweat, the whole shebang. Uh, and, uh, you know, I just, it, the, in all likelihood, if one guy has it, uh, a bunch of his teammates have it. And when it comes to, you know, fairness and, and teams and whatever, if you want uh, integrity in these playoffs, I mean, if a goalie gets sick, if Carey Price gets diagnosed with COVID-19 or, or, or like, or an actual contender, like, I don't know, like Sidney uh, Crosby. Crosby or any of those people. Yeah, Cindy Crosby, Connor McDavid. I don't know. Hopefully not. But if by some chance one of them does, or even more important, obviously these star forwards are important, but like, you know, as I mentioned, the goalies, uh, a team is screwed without a starting goalie, right? And so if one of these guys comes down with it, I mean, I don't think it's, it's, it's it, it totally screws with the whole balance of everything, right? Uh, and what if, you know, a star get, a star player gets, gets uh, you know, gets tested positive and then he spreads it to his, you know, half his team. Well, now what? What do we do? We disqualify Tampa Bay. Do we just take them out of the tournament and just continue as if nothing happened? I don't think that's realistic, but it seems like that's what they're convinced they can do. Here's one interesting thing. So because I don't know if you have because the two rumored cities to be the hub cities are Vegas and Columbus. So say, I don't know if a player gets COVID in the Columbus hub. And then you're worried that it's spread to the rest of his team or their opponents or everyone who they're might be, they're probably sharing locker rooms with because they're probably all be in one building also playing the games. So do you want to cancel the entire tournament, even if everyone is still totally healthy and everything's working fine in Las Vegas? Because it's a possibility to just, I don't know. I, don't, I feel like I don't think they would do this but to just cancel the entire tournament or just only cancel the Columbus portion and finish the tournament in Las Vegas. But that wouldn't be fair, would it? No, it makes no sense at all. What are you going to, you're going to eliminate the entire Eastern conference? Cause yeah, cause what team got... <laughs> yeah no, we're, we're only playing with the West coast today this year, folks. Uh, uh, no, West that, coast bias. yeah. Well, yeah. Fucking West coast bias. Talk about that now. Um, but, uh, I, I just, I really don't see it happening. If one guy gets it, the f- likely every, a bunch of other people have it. Uh, and, you know, then it's game over. I really don't see them continuing. I know they want to continue. Uh, you know, frankly, actually, if one city gets it and the other one doesn't, I wouldn't be surprised if the NHL did continue playing just because they want that revenue, right? They want that TV revenue. I don't know if they would award the Stanley Cup. Maybe they just call it some sort of tournament. But if, for example, if Columbus does get it, uh, like the city... The hub city, somebody does, and then I wouldn't be surprised if they continue the Vegas tournament. They put it on TV, uh, but in terms of you know like awarding a Stanley Cup, I think it's dangerous to to to, to continue, and it doesn't really make any sense at all. We've seen you know other countries, notably you know English soccer, they want to restart, but they're seeing cases pop up in the top league. You know different teams. You know I heard that you know teams like I forget whole city or something like that. I just saw in the news. They want to restart very soon in, in, in the English Premier League. But, you know, players are getting it. Uh, and they haven't even started their training camp. So it comes with, you know, it's just, it's very complicated. Lots of, you know, different balls to juggle, I guess. But uh, I, I really think when it comes to player safety, if one guy gets it, I don't see it continuing. Yeah, well, actually, I just thought of, 
maybe uh the like say for example it it uh someone gets covid in the eastern conference hub and then you could just if you wanted to cancel the eastern conference club hub and continue the western conference hub and then the winner just gets the the clarence campbell bowl like they usually get for winning the western conference and there's just no stanley cup but there's a clarence campbell bowl just an option that i feel like the nhl might be crazy enough to go along with yeah honestly i wouldn't be surprised the thing is you know you don't want to you also have to juggle with these timelines uh when do you want to start the next season as well right and, and that, that that's that too uh and so yeah a lot of things to consider uh, another thing that's been up for discussion is how are they going to actually make the how are they going to actually make the bracket when it comes to the playoffs? Usually, I do believe uh, they use a bracket system, but this seems like the perfect opportunity with this whole new play-in round to finally implement what a lot of fans, myself included, have been calling for, which is reseeding after every round. Uh, so you don't advantage teams that don't really deserve to be there. You're Montreal or you're Chicago. Because if you do go with a bracket system and Montreal by some miracle does make it to the actual playoffs, at that point, they're not playing the top seed. They're not playing They're not playing Boston. They end up playing, what, the worst team that had a bye, which I think would be Philadelphia. Yeah, okay. So in that sense, it doesn't really make any sense, does it? Uh, so, so what do you think? Uh, all right. I have some thoughts about this because – uh, normally in the past, I've been a fan of the NHL using a bracket format in the 16-team playoffs. They used to reseed back, I think, the 2012-13 was the last time they did it before they switched to this new divisional format. Anyway, um, I think that with this play-in, uh, they should reseed 1 through 8 in each conference um, for the first round matchup, as in like the top 16 teams right after the play-in, like the normal playoff size. So if Montreal beats Pittsburgh, for example, they would play the top seed Boston because they're the lowest seed, number 12. But I think after the play-in, then it would be okay if they locked in to the, bra- to the bracket format like they usually do for the top 16 teams. I don't think you need to set it from the play-in like, all right, the winner of Montreal-Pittsburgh will play Philadelphia. The winner of Toronto-Columbus will play Boston. I don't think you should lock that in right away. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, I understand what you're saying, but why not? Uh, I don't. Do you have? What do you? Why do you prefer the locked-in bracket setting compared to the reseeded like, bracket? Yeah, it's just a it's just a personal preference. I don't know. Just to well, first of all, uh, some people make fun of like, oh yeah, the NHL did all this just to like market the bracket challenge or whatever. I like I like filling out brackets, and I like also knowing the winner of this series is going to play the winner of that series. I I find that fun watching. Like I remember looking back to the the reseeding. It's like, oh, the series between these two teams. If, I don't know, if Pittsburgh wins, then they'll play New York in round two. But if Philadelphia wins, they'll play, I don't know, Washington in round two. And then the other matchup will get changed. So, I don't know. I just, I was never really a fan of, of reseeding overall. But in this instance, where half the teams already have a bye, I think it, this is uh, the perfect time to use it. Okay. I actually think that reseeding, I think we should reseed the entire playoffs. Uh, and we should do it every year. Because the fact of the matter is there's so much parity. We really don't reward especially in this divisional format that the NHL likes, we really do not reward these one seeds enough for, for winning their division and for, you know, for playing great the entire regular season. They practically get no reward at this point, especially for in the past few years when it comes to the Atlantic division, whether you're Tampa Bay, uh, who actually didn't manage to make a pass first round last year, but whatever, um, they would have had to play, what, the, the second seed in the, in, in the Eastern Conference. Uh, so, I, yeah, Boston would have had to play Boston. That makes no sense whatsoever. Why the hell did Tampa 
play the entire season, dominate the entire regular season, just to play the second best team in the basically in the league last because the Boston ended up going to the Stanley Cup Finals. Why should they have to play Boston in the second round? That makes no sense. At that point, it would have been smarter for I don't know Tampa Bay to drop to a wild card so that they could avoid the Atlantic Division altogether, so that they could face the weaker teams of the Metro. I mean, it just it really doesn't make yep. any sense. Uh, so it's just I think we should be rewarding these teams that play so well that earn these first seeds and by you know for the for the duration of the playoffs. And so we don't have a situation where the one seed in the East is playing the two seed in the second round. I don't really think that's that not, makes much sense. Yeah. That's not really the problem with the bracket format. That's more of a problem with this divisional format where like you have, you know, no matter what, these top three teams of the Atlantic, the, the winner of the Atlantic will play second or third uh, in the next round. So that's when you end up with like, if the top two teams in the conference are both in the same division, then, well, there's no way of getting around them playing each other in the second round. I think if you go with the conference format, like the NHL is now doing with this with this year, then it kind of, you won't get those unfair matchups as often. Like the most egregious one that I remember is 2017 when like Washington, Pittsburgh, and Columbus were, I'm pretty sure like the top three teams in the East by a long shot. And then Montreal was the winner in the Atlantic. But Pittsburgh and Columbus, two and three in the East, had to play each other in the first round. And then Pittsburgh and Washington had to play each other in the second round while like Ottawa and the New York Rangers played on the other side of the Eastern Conference. So I feel like if they had been still doing the bracket format, but by conference instead of division, then those matchups would have been much more even and fair. Yeah, but I still I still think even without, if you go with a conference format, uh, it, all it takes is what? You get one big series win if you're a lower seed. Uh, you, 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 beat, you beat one giant in the first round and you have a way easier path uh, to make it to the end compared to say, I don't know, a four seed or a five seed. So at the, you know what I mean? Like uh, if, for example, an eight seed beats the one seed somehow, uh, but th- at that point, they have basically the same path as a one seed as, as they would take right to the final. Meanwhile, the four seed, if they make it past, you know, their first round matchup, they have to play the first seed and then they end up having to play the next best team uh, because of how the bracket is formed. And I don't know. I just I I think that the better it doesn't. It, this is not just talking about the top team uh, in the division, but also everybody you know near the middle. I think we should have. I think you should basically be. You know, you should your your designation of opponent should be reflective of how you did in the regular season. I think that should apply throughout the playoffs. Yeah, I understand that how because this does kind of diminish the regular season, but the idea of having an eight seed when they beat a one seed is that now that they have the path that the one seed would have had, because by beating them, they quote unquote proved that they're better than them or worthy of having their path and kind of taking over the one seed, but not really. So that does totally diminish the regular season, but you can, can you kind of understand the logic a little bit? Yeah. I mean, if you want to, if you like making brackets, I know you like making brackets. I mean, I, oh, yeah. I sure you want to make brackets. I, I, I can, uh, you know, I, I could see your side on that one. But other than that, I mean, the logic that you just presented, I it, it totally eliminates the regular season. What? Because you beat one team four times in a sport that is heavily based on how the puck bounces. What, you're all of a sudden better than them compared to an 82-game sample? You're better than all the other teams in the conference that beat you multiple times, which is, which is what resulted in you having the eighth seed? I don't think so. Yes, 
I understand. I understand. All right. I can. I'm not against reseeding. I just brackets is my preference, but for some reason, some people like you to some extent seem to be totally against having uh, having brackets and in favor of reseeding. Which you know I can understand because it is more fair. But I just personally find brackets more entertaining. And you no, know, that's kind of you know what what I watch hockey for. So I but I can see both sides. Yeah, I mean, look. The the thing is, right? The the, the whole bracket challenge. Who the fuck does the bracket challenge? I know you do. But not many people do, you know. It's not like well, actually, I did it for yeah. I did it for like since it was introduced in 2014 up until 2018. But I didn't do it last year because I found myself. I think I told you this actually at the time. I found myself in years where I did the bracket challenge, being like I would root for the teams that I picked just because one of my, I wanted my own bracket to be right, and it was like I don't know hindering my enjoyment. I think a little bit, or at least it was in like 2018. So last year I decided not to, I filled out a bracket, but I said, I'm going to just forget about it and ignore it. But, so, and I feel like I enjoyed the playoffs more last year, especially maybe that with, I don't know if you remember, there were all those upsets in the first round, like none of the one seeds, one of their first round matchups against the wildcard teams. So I did enjoy it more with that, but I could also still understand people enjoying it like I did too. So I, I would fill out a bracket, but I wouldn't be totally completely invested in it. Okay. So if you, Mr. Big Bracket fan, uh, who who you know created the bracket of Montreal Canadiens players. Uh, shout out to that episode. <laughs> uh, but um, if you're not even doing the bracket, who the fuck are we pleasing with this whole bracket system? Um, <laughs> if you're not even doing the bracket, fair, fair. I mean, I understand. Okay, yeah, a bunch of people, but who the hell's doing it? I mean, the fact is, you know, nobody really talks about. Okay, what? Uh, for a period of you know, 72 hours, everybody's posting like bad screenshots of their brackets on Twitter and on their Instagram stories or whatever. And then after that, we never really think about it afterwards, do we? I mean, everybody nope. gets what, what at best you get 15 out of 16 or 14 out of 15. And you're kind of throwing a party for yourself at the end of it. But, but most people, what you, you get seven, you get six series. Correct. I mean like fucking congratulations. But uh, I, like everybody forgets about it after those, those, the one, two days. So like the, the five, you know, like, sure, you can make a bracket and it's fun, but you can also make a bracket with the reseeding, right? You can say, okay, this team will beat this team. And then, you know, you'll have that. And then it's even more rewarding. Yeah, if you I get think it right, maybe the novelty of the bracket challenge. What? Yeah, exactly. So like, uh, eh, I mean, so, yeah, sure. People get, to, yeah, people get to do brackets, but like who really does it? Yeah, I think there's a bit of a delay, so I started talking before you were done. But anyway, uh, what I was saying is the novelty of the bracket challenge, I think, wore off after the first two to three years of the format. Now, like, people aren't as enthusiastic about it. So maybe this is the kind of thing where if they went back to reseeding somewhat permanently for the next, I don't know, 10 years or so, and then went back to the bracket format, everyone would be totally on board with it. So maybe, maybe this is the kind of thing where everyone's always looking for the perfect playoff format. Maybe the perfect thing to do is just to change it up every once in a while to keep things fresh. Huh, maybe. I mean, honestly, you, you put it like that. If we every 10 years we switch it up, or like 10 years of no bracket, and then like two years of bracket, and then 10 years of no bracket. Wow, only two. Really, wow. Only two. But then you'd really, you'd really savor the bracket years, wouldn't you? You'd really put some stock into it. Because, you know, I'm only going to see this so many times in my life. I better fucking get it right this year or next. Or else I, I got to wait another decade. I got to wait until I'm in my 30s, in my 40s, in my 70s until I see this bracket challenge again. Maybe it should be like like the Olympic rotation. Like once every four years is a bracket year for the NHL. Yeah, okay. That's perfect. So instead of having the World Cup... Uh, we, make, we do a bracket for the playoff format. <laughs> no bracket Just as format. good. 
Just as good. It's perfect. Wow, we should be running the NHL at this point. Uh, <laughs> fan engagement through the roof. Um, so yeah. Uh, any other? Uh, so also with these with this format. Yeah, there are a few other things I want to get to with this format. The first one is um, the the teams that got the buy are uh, apparently going to be playing some sort of I don't know is it like a round robin series to determine the seeding of the top four teams and therefore who plays who. So you're talking about diminishing the regular season with not reseeding. Well, say the Flyers, who were, I don't know, a significant amount of points behind Boston, end up winning this round robin. And then all of a sudden, Philadelphia is the top seed. Boston could end up as the four seed. And now the regular season is totally diminished again. So then if, I don't know, say Montreal beats Pittsburgh, and if they choose to reseed, then now Montreal is playing the top seed, which is Philadelphia instead of Boston. Or if they don't reseed and they put it into the bracket format, then they're playing Boston instead. So that that would kind of be like a two wrongs make a right situation. So it could end up being very complicated and confusing with these round robin things for the buys. Personally, I think it would probably be make the most sense and be the most fair to have these buy, buy teams just play purely exhibition games against each other to keep warmed up. And also to make sure they they keep the same seating that they had before. Yeah, absolutely. It makes absolutely no sense. I don't even know why they're even considering this this uh, you know this train of thought when it comes to reseeding. I don't understand. You you mentioned Boston. What they were like eight points up on the next team in the Eastern Conference. Does it really make sense to 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 have them potentially be the four seed? And if we're talking about you know potential bad scenarios, you know odds are Pittsburgh does beat Montreal, and if Boston ends up being the four seed, oh, we have a Pittsburgh Boston in the second round. That's not very fair to Pittsburgh. Well, the first right? round, uh, or in the first right of the playoffs, uh, and then and if we look to the West, it's even it's even like uh, I I believe it's even worse. Where you have like uh, you have what eleven? Okay, so it's the same distance between the first and four seeds. It's eleven points, so, but uh, yeah. So, but you know, it's just I don't see why would we would recede. Uh, but then again, yeah, it's just. But then again, the the exhibition games then become totally meaningless, and so then it brings into the question because apparently this is what Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay was one of the two teams that voted against this proposal. Uh, apparently, the reason why one of them was you know they were afraid of being rusty, right and you know, we're talking about, you know, the play-in series happening before while these teams have a bye. While these teams with a bye, it's not like they're getting a rest from the regular season. They haven't played in three months either, right? So, yeah. you know, there, I guess there is an argument to, uh, well, like the Lightning, for example, like they haven't played in three months and they're playing against the team, whoever it is, that just came off a series. And it's not like particularly grueling. It's going to be, you know, three to five games. But they'll actually be into it, right? Like they, they won a playoff series in, in, in essence. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I understand. I, I honestly, I, I understand both sides in this case because, uh, yeah, you know, it's it's we really don't want to screw with the standings at this point because we did play seventy games. We didn't play those seventy games for nothing, you know. But on the other hand, teams that do get a bye, they're probably going to be rusty going into the first round of the actual playoffs. Yeah. Uh, and the other thing I want to get into with those, with uh, this format, is uh, conditional draft picks. Because there's still going to be a lot to work out in terms of uh, the the I don't know, the semantics of it, I guess. One pick, I'll use it as an example, is the, first, the Vancouver Canucks first round pick. Because they traded it to Tampa Bay last summer, uh, part of the return for JT Miller. Then Tampa Bay traded it, this deadline, to New Jersey 
in the Blake Coleman trade. So now New Jersey has Vancouver's first round pick, but it's a conditional pick. So I'm going to read from Cap Friendly. The condition is, if the Canucks do not make the playoffs in 2019-20, the 2020 first round pick will instead transfer to a 2021 first round pick. So now we have to ask the question, well, uh, what is the playoffs now? Because if we want to argue that, oh, the, these top 24 teams are now all in the playoffs, then all of a sudden, I don't know where the Canucks are, but you're introducing the possibility that like the Canucks have the, I don't know, 10th pick or 11th pick. or Actually, right now, maybe it's like, it could be as high as 12, depending on how they order it. So not 10 or 11. But anyway, you could have this, this 12th pick that now they're saying, oh, you have the 12th pick, but you also made the playoffs. And so now you pick up to New Jersey, uh, which I don't think would be fair. But so I think the most fair thing to do is they just adjust the definition of the condition to make it so that uh, non-playoffs would mean if you're picking the top 15, because that's what it would have meant anyway. Yeah, I mean, that seems like a reasonable accommodation. Uh, I know the NHL, what they wanted to do with these conditionals, right? They wanted to what have the teams come to an agreement. If not, the NHL would come in and give them a solution. Uh, yeah, it's an interesting proposal. I, I honestly, I like yours better. Um, top 15, that's that's a very reasonable middle ground. It, it, you, you said it exactly right. That's what the cutoff would have been in a normal year. And it brings to, you know, it brings to the forefront the sort of terminology that the NHL is using, uh, even when it comes to the lottery, right? So is this play-in tournament, does it count as the playoffs? I know they haven't been using that. They've been calling it a play-in this whole time, but what, what is it exactly? Uh, I really hope it does count as the playoffs for that not for these conditional draft picks because otherwise you're introducing, I think we talked about this a little bit, the possibility where like if I don't know, Montreal or not even Montreal, like one of these, you know, lower end uh, bubble teams, like the the Rangers or the Coyotes, all of a sudden, if they would have been picking like eighth, ninth, 10th, now they win this five game play in and now they're picking 16 at the highest. And you could possibly have teams like Pittsburgh, Toronto, Nashville, who would have been picking in that range that are now picking, you know, in the top 15. So I don't think it should work. Like th- right now, if you, if you don't want to count this play in as the playoffs in terms of this uh, sort of draft zone, then you're introducing the possibility that Pittsburgh who actually don't have their own first rounder, it belongs to Minnesota. Um, that if that where they would have been picking like around 25 could now lose to Montreal and then jump to 15. It doesn't make sense. Actually, wait, I just want to look at Pittsburgh's first round pick. Uh, yeah, okay, so that's, here's another conditional pick. The pick that belongs to Minnesota from the Jason Zucker trade says if Pittsburgh misses the playoffs this year, then Pittsburgh has the option to send their 2021 first round pick to Minnesota instead. So, I mean, so what do, What counts as making the playoffs? It's kind of the same conversation. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, as a Montreal fan... You'll have to see it so that this plane doesn't count, right? So then in the end, what, do we end up with the eighth pick, right? Yeah. Uh, because yeah. you're the worst player. Yeah. And, and honestly, that probably makes the most sense because, you know, it is such a small sample size, uh, especially this playing series. It's going to be, what, three to five games, right? Best of five. Uh, does it really make sense to jump seven draft spots because of it? I don't really no. think so. Um, no, not really. If they do make it far in the playoffs, I guess they could consider, you know, what it is usually, right? If you make it to the top four, then your pick becomes one of the bottom four picks of the first round. Yeah, right? yeah, that'll uh, stick around for sure. Yeah, I, I, I'm sure that's, I'm, I'm, yeah, that's the, that's the way to go, right, at this point? Like, 
we just we just kind of keep the system. And in terms of the lottery, instead of having those fifteen teams, you just have those seven teams. And then I think that's that's fair across the board. Honestly, I don't. Yep. I, I hope the NHL does like that. I don't know if they will. I don't really trust them in terms of these kind of matters. Yeah. So if uh, if the Pittsburgh Penguins end up with uh, the fifteenth overall pick, then uh, I think maybe something went a little wrong somewhere along the line. Uh, anyway, all right. So that's uh, this is probably gonna end up being our longest show in a while because we still have a few other things to do. Uh, we wanted to talk a little bit about the Akeem Alou article that came out a few days ago on the Players Tribune. Uh, he talked about uh, some bad experiences that he had with racism as he was growing up through hockey. He's obviously been uh, somewhat vocal about this over the past uh, several months. He talked about uh, Bill Peters calling him the the N-word in the AHL and then Akeem Alou getting sent to the ECHL. He goes a little bit more in depth in the article about his experiences as a 16-year-old in junior getting abused by Steve Downey, who was his teammate at the time. Um, so that was a very, very um, uh, touching article. And But one thing that uh, bothered a lot of people was how few active NHL players actually spoke up about it. Um, I think Stephen Johns said uh, some sort of some, something just like very, very simple tweet. Like he quoted it and said, uh, like, we have to do more as a hockey community. And he was like the first one. Then Ryan Miller said something too. And also I think Robin Leonard did end up saying something after he was getting uh, – accused of kind of subtweeting it with uh like he said something about how uh um what what was the tweet it was like it was like oh i i after after i stopped blaming everyone in my life for what was going on and started blaming myself that's when i tra- found true peace and this was just like a few hours after the alu article came out so everyone thought he was like throwing shade at it so but then i guess he wasn't because he came out the next day and made it very clear like he he supported the alu article or whatever and then there was also something with taylor hall who a few hours later because in the article, Alou says about how um, the problems start in uh, like in youth hockey and with some youth coaches. And he did make it clear, like, I'm not saying all youth coaches are bad people. Many youth coaches are great people, but the problem still starts there. And Taylor Hall kind of, I don't know, people thought took that the wrong way. And he said kind of out of nowhere, like, look at this great uh, heartfelt message my youth coach wrote to me, one of my, my most cherished possessions. And people were, thought he was kind of subtweeting Alou there too. So a lot of layers there. Yeah, I, you know, I don't think it's a fucking coincidence. That doesn't happen. Most kind of coincidences really don't happen. Uh, and I think there is some degree of subtweeting when it comes to Taylor Hall. I mean, to, to, to suppose, to assume that this whole junior coach, oh, look at this great thing that he did, came out of nowhere. I don't think so. Uh, I think it's very unlikely. And just even if it even if it is some coincidence, fucking read the room, buddy. Bad timing. Uh, just a few hours after the article yeah, comes yeah. out, uh, you know, like just like have some self awareness for the love of God. Uh, and when it comes to the rest of the hockey uh, world, not really tweeting much. You mentioned a few of those players, but it really like it really highlights the, a lot. Like one of the big points of that article, which I recommend you read. Right? It's it's, it's very you know. It's it's very emotional and and like you know it's it it gives great insight and it's very well written uh, so I really do recommend you read it if you're listening and you haven't read it yet uh, but one of the main points is you know he feels alone because a lot of the hockey world you know it's not everybody that's a terrible person right not everybody is is a Steve Downey or it will actively abuse but the problem with the hockey world and and frankly a lot of the world is that you know there are just so many bystanders that remain silent, right? And don't speak up and don't stick up for, for the person who's being, uh, 
you know, ostracized. And so, and this kind of proves the point. I mean, obviously you have, you know, a few guys like Brian Miller, Stephen Johns, whatever, but the majority of the hockey world didn't respond, as you mentioned. And that's, that's not a good, that's not a good look at all. I mean, I think all, a bunch of the stuff that he mentioned, basically entirety, it's, it's, it's very easy to condemn that stuff, right? I mean, it's just, yeah. it's morally terrible. And it's how hard? like nobody's going to, Yeah. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, how hard would it be for every single NHL player to do what Ryan Miller did? Just just one tweet. Just quote tweet the article. Say, I don't know, something about how great the article is, how important it is, and how we need to do better. Anything. Just anything. And only two players, really, out of hundreds and hundreds of players in the NHL. Who, like, the face of the game, like, I don't know, Sidney Crosby, Connor McDavid, Alex Ovechkin. Just total silence from them, from everyone else, except for, like, Two players. That's it. It's just it's 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 humiliating, really, for for hockey. It's absolutely pathetic. I mean, yeah, just to see two people out of the hundreds, as you said, uh, and yeah, no, really, like the we talk about hockey culture, right? Not everybody is a terrible person, right? But it's just the problem is, you know, nobody really speaks up, and it goes to the, you know, nobody really wants to have a personality, right? And you just want to be, you know, a good teammate or whatever it is. But and that, that's good, all good and all, but when it stretches to these sort of matters, it's extremely problematic, right? And so, yeah, very disappointing to see from a bunch of the NHL, like basically anybody who did speak up, uh, very disappointing. And uh, I mean, as the article mentioned repeatedly, there is still a lot of work to be done in order for the hockey world to be, you know, actually inclusive to all of these minorities. Yeah, but we had, I feel like we had an episode in like around November where we kind of went really deep when like all this stuff was kind of surfacing for the first time. I think it was like soon after the Don Cherry firing and Akeem Aloof like first spoke out about Bill Peters and like Peters got fired. I think that was around the time Babcock got fired and like a lot of this, you know, uh, hockey culture negativity was kind of making its first waves. And I think we had one episode where we really focused on that a lot. So if you're interested, you can go back and listen to that one. Uh, otherwise, um, we are getting up to, we are at like about 54 minutes now and you had a trivia for me. So do you want to get going on that? All right, let's go. Let's go. Um, so we're going to have, basically we're going to have a playoff quiz today. Uh, and we're going to format it a bit, a bit different. It's going to be similar to who wants to be a millionaire. So we have 14 questions. I have point values assigned for all of them. Instead of lifelines, which I, I, I thought about, I couldn't figure out how to integrate them inside. I didn't really want to do a multiple choice. I didn't really want to do that as a lifeline. So instead, we're just going to give you three strikes. You get three strikes to make a million dollars. And I'm not contractually obligated to pay out any sum of money oh, no. that you do win. But hey, it's always good to imagine it. All right. So I've separated it into two pretty distinct categories. The first section is basically the Habs history in the playoffs, while the second one goes more into the NHL. All right, it's 14 questions. You have three strikes, and I will sh- I will call out the, the, the money value as we go along. Uh, so can you, can you explain? Because I, honestly, I, I might have watched this show before in the past, but I'm a little fuzzy on how this game show works. And uh, I'm sure maybe some people listening may have never seen it before either. So can you explain yeah. the, the premise well, a little there's, bit? There's honestly... Yeah, sure. There's honestly not much to it. It's just we go down question by question. Uh, and every question has 
an increased money value. All right. So we'll start at five hundred dollars. We'll go to a thousand. We'll go to two thousand. Whatever. All the way up. We have fourteen questions. They go up progressively to you can win a million dollars if if you if you get the whole thing. And so yeah, you're just basically trying to win a bunch of money. You go question by question. You say your question. You, once you have your answer, you say your answer, and then you follow it up by final answer. And that's how I know it's locked in. Everything's official, and I can tell you that you got it wrong. Okay, okay. So you said two different categories with 14 questions each? No, two different categories, 14 questions total. Oh, okay, okay. And there's an order. Oh. There, you don't have to pick. We'll just go question by question. All right, all right. So uh, all right. I guess I'm ready to start then. Okay, all right. Uh, I think the questions get progressively harder as we go. Maybe not. Maybe they fluctuated quite a bit. Who knows? I don't really have a gauge on it. Let's get going. All right. All right. We'll start with the Habs. We'll start with the Habs section. A $500 question. Pretty easy. When was the last Habs playoffs appearance? When was the last time they made it to the playoffs? The last time the Montreal Canadiens made the playoffs was 2017. Okay. You want to lock that in? The whole thing of the thing Final is answer. you got to lock it in. The same. Final answer. That is correct. Congratulations, you won five hundred bucks. We're on to the next question. Worth a thousand. Um, so what was the result of that series? Give me whether you know, obviously they lost, but give me the round, the team, and the score of the series. The the Montreal Canadiens in the first round of the 2017 playoffs lost in six games to the New York Rangers, and that is my final answer. Okay, that is correct. That's, uh, you've won $1,000. Congratulations. We're on to the $2,000 question. We're on to the $2,000 question. So how many appearances, playoff appearances, have they had since 2010 and were including 2010? All right, including 2010. So they made it that year. That was the Halak year. They made it 2011. They made it 2013, 14, and 15. So that's five years now. And they made it 2017, not since then. So since 2010, they have had six playoffs, playoff appearances. Final answer. All right. Good stuff. Good stuff. We're on to Thank the $3,000 question now. Uh, going back to that 2017 playoff series, playoff run, I would say, um, who was the leading scorer for the Habs? Oh, man. Uh, I don't know. So I'm thinking back to, to that team. Some of their leading scores, they, they had Pacioretty, they had Radulov, they had Gallagher, they had Thomas Placanitz. I feel like I feel like Pacioretty had a, a bad series. I remember Radulov had a, a big goal. It was either the, the tying goal or the winning goal in game two. I'm pretty sure it was the winning goal. And, you know, so I feel like Radulov had a really good time that series. I'm, I'm going to say Alexander Radulov, final answer. Wow. Solid logic. This guy's got it in the bag. He's locked in $3,000 pocketed. Alex Radulov, he had seven points in six games that series. Oh, uh, wow. Underrated. And uh, he was he was the leading point scorer uh, over, you know, the next next highest had four points. It was Arturi Lechman. Oh, wow. Good for him. Yes. All right. So that's that. Uh, that same playoff series, now we're going into some Pretty obscure stats. Uh-oh. So how good did Carey, how did good did Carey Price play that series? What was his save percentage? I'll give you some options this time. Uh, was okay, it okay. either 
Okay, I don't think it was 943. Uh, they definitely would have won if it was that high. So I'm thinking back to, to that series. Uh, they lost, but I don't think they ever really got blown out. Uh, I feel like the first game they lost, I think it was just like 2 nothing or something. And I think the most of the games were pretty low scoring, so I don't think it was 903. You know, I'm going to say... I'm going to say 9... I think it's either 913 or 923. I was leaning towards 913 at first because they lost. But, you know, the more I think about it, I feel like Price might have been actually really good that series. I don't think he gave up that many goals. So, yeah, I'm going to say 923, final answer. Sorry, but that's your first strike. Um, I put in the stat because I thought it was remarkable that his actual save percentage was 933. Uh, wow. just all makes right. it all that more remarkable that they managed to fucking lose that series. That yeah. offense went ice cold, other than Alex Radulov. Uh, so yeah, Carey Price actually played really well last time their Hazards were in the playoffs. Uh, unfortunately, couldn't pull it through though. But yeah, nine thirty three. That's a that's a fucking great save percentage for a losing goalie. Um, okay, yeah. all right, moving on. So how many times have they made it since twenty ten, inclusive? How many times have they made it past the first round? All right, including 2010, they made it past the first round that year. Uh, they made it past the first round in 2014. They made it to the third round that year, too. Uh, and 2015, they made it to round two. Uh, pretty sure those were the only times. Three times, final answer. Okay, all right, all right. Back on track, back on track. That question was worth $7,000. Congratulations. All right. Thank you. Okay. So, um, we all know... That the last time the Habs won the cup was in 1993. But when was the last okay. time they actually made it to the cup final? Um, they have not made it to the Stanley Cup final since 1993. Final answer. Okay, that was fast. I thought I could maybe pull a fast one on you there. No, no, I see what you tried to do. I see what you tried to do, but I knew. Over $10,000. This guy, he managed to evade my trap. All right. All right. Maybe this... You know what? I'm looking at these. Ah, you know what? Maybe I was I was considering reducing it to two strikes since you're doing so well. But you know what? I gave you the two strikes. I'll let it go. Twenty thousand dollar question. Here we go. Okay. When was the last time? It looks like they're gonna they're about to play the Penguins this year. When was the last time they played the Penguins? In the playoffs. In the playoffs. Um. All right. So not 2017. Uh. 2015. No. 20. 14, no, but they would have if the Penguins had beaten the Rangers in round two. 2013, no. Uh, 2011, no. 2010, yeah, 2010. 2010, they played Pittsburgh okay. in the second round. Final answer. All right. All right. 20K in the bank. Uh, okay. We're moving, to th- we're moving towards the end of the Hab section. So here we go. Um, last question. What are the three teams that they've played more than once in the last 10 years in the playoffs? The- the three teams that they've played more than once in the last 10 years. All right. 2010 was... Uh, I don't need to go through that slowly. I know they've played Ottawa more than once. So Ottawa is number one. Uh, Tampa Bay is number two. And... Oh, Boston. They played 2011 and 2014. Ottawa, Tampa Bay, Boston. Final answer. Okay. All right. Wait, wait, wait. They also they played the Rangers twice too. Okay. 
That's true. Fuck, I forgot. Oh, my bad. Oh, okay. okay. I saw, I was like, I thought, what did I miss here? Was it actually fourteen? No, they played the Rangers in twenty fourteen and twenty seventeen. My apologies. It was a flawed question. We're giving you yes. the money. All right. Thank you. Here we go. We've moved on to the NHL section of this quiz. All right. You have five questions to win a million dollars. Here we go. For thirty or for fifty thousand dollars. Who has the longest active playoff drought? The longest the active playoff drought uh, was Carolina up until last year. And now I believe it is the Buffalo Sabres who haven't made it since 2011. Buffalo, final answer. Okay, good stuff, good stuff. 50K in the bank. Goddamn, he's running right through them. Uh, mm-hmm. So, who has the longest active series win drought in the NHL? Series win drought, like the longest year since they've won a playoff series? Yeah. Uh, hmm, all right. Uh, Toronto hasn't won since 2004. They come to mind first. But I feel like there must be a team that hasn't won since like the 90s. Oh, uh, F- uh, Florida hasn't won since, oh, man. Because we were talking about this in 2016 when they were playing the Islanders. Because they, they were like two teams with playoff drafts that stretched back into the 90s. The Islanders were, I want to say, 93, and the Panthers were, I think, since that uh, miracle run to the finals in, I want to say, 96. Um, hmm. You know, I'm trying to think. Okay, so it can't be one of those teams that didn't exist yet in 96. I'm trying to think if anyone's been before 1996, and I really don't think so. I'm going to say Florida Panthers, 1996. Okay. Well, you got one part of the question right. You got the most important part of the question right. It is the Florida Panthers. However, uh, it's been 22 years, not 24. Uh, so I think 1998 uh, was the last time they made the playoffs. Oh, come on. I, do I get the points? What? No. You asked for the team, right? the Did you, you asked for the t- only that's for true. the team. And I got that's the true. team. Good that's, that's, we'll give you the 100K on that one. Thank All you. right. Three questions. Okay. Uh, here we go. Who has the we know bought we know uh, Detroit had this title for many many years at like twenty five, but who has it now? Who has the longest active playoff appearance streak? And this time I'm making you give me the number of years. The longest active playoff appearance streak. Uh, who? Ooh, hmm. All right. Uh, let's see. So it has to be a team that made the playoffs last year. Uh, so that hmm, maybe. All right, Washington. No, Washington actually missed one year. They missed in, I think, 2014. Uh, I think it was Chicago until they started missing. Um, or they were close, at least. The Penguins, ooh, hmm. I think it might be... Yeah, I don't think the Penguins have missed since, like, Crosby's sophomore year. Uh, so that was... His rookie year was 05-06. And his sophomore year was 06-07. So that's 2007, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19... Are we counting this year, 2020, or no? Ah, one sec. Give me a second while I try to pull up the answer. Um... All right, if we're not counting 2020, then my guess is... We are, we are not counting 2020. All right, so then my guess is 13 years, Pittsburgh Penguins. Final answer. Wow, okay. All right, that's rock on. He's got both parts of the question right. Thank you. All right, that's $250,000. We're on to the half a million dollar question. Wait, do I, so I only have two okay. questions left? 
You only have two questions left. Oh, I boy. may have under I may have under uh I may have overestimated the difficulty in this one. Uh in two weeks, mind you, it's gonna get a lot harder. Watch okay, out. Okay, okay. Uh, I can't wait. Alright. Alright. <laughs> okay, this is actually this is I now that I think about it, this is actually pretty easy. Um for a half a million dollars. Uh so who has the longest active postseason uh postseason series win streak? Number of seasons. Uh, number of what do you mean? Like the number of seasons in a row that they've won at least a playoff round? Yes. Uh hmm, okay. That's you know, they that's a weird all, one they, actually. There may they may or may not be multiple teams in this question, and you have to give me them all, if there are multiple. Okay, okay. Hmm. So all right. Let me think about this. So it has to be a team that made the playoffs last year. Let's see the the well the Blues and the Bruins both won playoff rounds. It can't be Carolina because like that was the first year in the playoffs in a while. Uh, the Sharks were the team in the West. Um, so right now, so I think St. Louis, Boston, San Jose, and then the other. Okay, it's not Columbus because that was their first playoff series win ever. Um, then the Islanders, no, it's not them because they had missed the playoffs the year before. So, and then in the West, Colorado, no, it's not them. And uh, who did St. Louis beat in round two? It was Dallas. So, hmm, where, where was D- Dallas? Didn't make the playoffs the year before either. So we have St. Louis, Boston, and San Jose. 2018, uh, yeah, Boston made round two that year. St. Louis. Uh, they didn't make the playoffs in 2018. I uh, remember that they lost to Colorado on the last day. And meanwhile, the Sharks. Oh man, what were the Sharks doing in in 2018? The Sharks. Oh, uh, they lost to the Golden Knights in round two. So right now we have Boston and San Jose. They're both at well only two years, and we're down to two teams. That's really not that many. 2017. Uh, the Bruins. Oh, 2017. The Bruins lost to the Sens in round one. And the Sharks in 2017. Uh, trying to remember what they where were they? 2017. We had uh, Nashville in the finals, and they beat the Ducks. I th- oh 2017, the Sharks lost to the Oilers in round one. So that means this streak is two years, a tie between Boston and San Jose. Wow. Okay. A plus. This guy's won half a million dollars uh, on this. That game was a hard show. question. That was hard. I, I yeah. had to rack my brain a lot for that one. It's only been two seasons though. Isn't that crazy? Like fucking the parody in this league. I feel like Washington um, or Pittsburgh had a really long one for a stretch there, but that, that got broken last year. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we're only down to two seasons. Who knows? Uh, and uh, and and now it's going to be only one team that right because San Jose's missing the playoffs this year. Uh, so. Okay. And who knows? Maybe Boston will lose this year and then we'll be down to, what, one season? Who knows? Anyways, yeah, who knows? Uh, so last question. Uh, name all the teams without a Stanley Cup win. All right. Okay. Uh, this is really their last question. This one's honestly, I, I think this is could have been the first one, but it's okay. God damn it. Or maybe I'm God gloating a little bit too right. early. I might, I might mess this up. All right. Okay, uh, number one, the Arizona Coyotes, uh, the Buffalo Sabres, the, I'm, I'm trying to go alphabetically here. The Columbus Blue Jackets, 
the oh we don't like miss a team by accident the Florida Panthers, Minnesota Wild, Nashville Predators, uh, Ottawa Senators, unless you're counting the early 1930s Senators, which we're not counting because they're not the same team. Um, all right, continuing the San Jose Sharks, the Vegas Golden Knights, the Vancouver Canucks, and the Winnipeg Jets. Final answer. Congratulations. You've won yourself a million dollars. Although I'd like to point out that you did not go in alphabetical order when you put Vegas ahead of Vancouver. Yes, I noticed that. I just did the V's together. Did you think I like jumped over Vancouver by accident? You know what? For a split second, I really did. I was like, God damn, I got him with Vancouver. Who would have fucking known? But nope. then, fuck your neighbor right after that. Uh, so yeah, you came out with one strike. So maybe I really right. should have played with the one strike system. Um, instead of giving you three. Wow. Uh, all right. Okay. So that's the end of this quiz. Uh, it seemed to be very easy for you. So uh, two weeks from now, we got to, I think it's been two, I think you've won two quizzes in a row, if I'm not yep, mistaken. Yeah, I have. Uh, so uh-huh. we're going to put in that, that streak in two weeks. Uh, but we have something very exciting coming up next Wait, week. Before so the, before the special announcement. That? Before the special okay. announcement, uh, which, by the way, there's going to be a special announcement in like a minute. Uh, I wanted to bring up, we were talking a bit earlier in the quarantine about like uh, fun sports you found. Like I mentioned like World Chase Tag and I think there was something you had. Uh, on TSN the other day, I was watching, we were just scrolling through the channels and we came across something called BattleBots. I don't know if you ever heard of this, but it's basically like these teams, they build robots that they control with remotes and then they battle another team's robot in like a, like a little court kind of. And basically, the first robot to break the other robot wins. And to be totally honest, it was a little bit disturbing, but uh, I could I could definitely see the appeal with it. So if anyone's interested in checking that out, maybe you'd like it. Okay, I actually I think I've seen highlights on YouTube. I think I've seen some some uh, you know this guy who does like baseball commentary usually, but he was like lacking in content obviously because there is no baseball. So I think he started commenting battle bots. If I'm not mistaken, that's <laughs> what I was watching. Um, like, there was, like, you know, what? I think, is it the ones where there's, like, different, like, uh, dangers on the on the sidelines as well? There's, like, a hammer. Yeah, and yeah, like yeah. Sort of, like, turning spiral thing. Okay. All right, yeah. So, I have checked that out. Uh, very entertaining. Um, if you do want to check out the YouTube channel that does some commentary, it's called John Boy, J-O-M-B-O-Y. Um, but, yeah, check out BattleBots. It seems, yeah, so, you, I from the what I've seen, it seems like a pretty ridiculous concept. Uh, what you just yeah, think, like, pretty you know, much. Yeah, I think some of them have flamethrowers, if I'm not mistaken, right? I don't remember any flamethrowers. Okay, maybe not. Uh, maybe there are. Who knows? The only way I didn't to watch know... it along, but maybe. Okay, all right. The only way to know is to watch BattleBots. So, uh, I think that wraps it up for this week. You want to get to the special announcement? All right. Yes. So, for the first time in the history of Fusion and Hockey Podcast, on next week's show, May 31st, we are going to have. A special guest, and his name is Evan Huber. He, uh, you might know him from the Teddy Bluger Saves the World cartoon that kind of made the rounds quite a little bit on Twitter. Uh, he is a Pittsburgh Penguins, Penguins fan, lives in Pittsburgh, and is a, an animator. And he very graciously agreed to come onto our little show next week. So that is a very special thing that we're very excited for, and you can look forward to as well. Can't wait. Uh, and as you mentioned, he's a Pittsburgh Penguins fan. So I think oh, we'll yeah. have a lot to talk about when it comes to playoff matchups because uh, it probably will be the Habs and the Penguins. So uh, that wraps it up for this week. 
Um, thank you very much for listening. If you're still hanging around, much gratitude to you. I uh, hope you enjoyed the episode. Tell your friends if they're bored. Um, and subscribe. Thank you very much. Sandborn's Boys. This new sports and alpha by Benji Mellers is available on 